Hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. And today I am joined by the magnificent Claude. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for joining us today. So first of all, brag on yourself a little bit. Where might my audience know you for and your endless talents from? Uh, well, maybe from my Instagram, which is where I'm most active um, at okay. Glow Up with Claude. Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, just looking over your profile a little bit, I did see that you used to be a dancer. You did some big things with some big names. Tell us about that. How did you get into dance? So uh, I moved to the States from Canada when I was eight years old, and my mom put me in dance a little bit to help me, like, you know, learn the language more quickly, but also to ha- do a hobby. You know, I I had tried, like... <laughs> gymnastics, ice skating, and I hated all of that. So we tried dance and I loved it. So um, fast forward about seven years. Well, no, I mean, I started when I was nine, went to LA when I was 20. So I went to college for two years in Arkansas. I know that's a lot like Canada, Arizona, Arkansas is where I ended up in seventh grade. And then I went to college for two years. My dad was like, you have to go to school. And I was like, oh my gosh. Really? Do I really? I gave it a shot two years. And then I said, dad, you have to let me get out of here. I want to go dance. So I moved to LA when I was 20 and did a scholarship program at the edge performing arts center trained, you know, 30, 40 hours a week for a year. Um, and then three weeks after I graduated, I booked my first job with blink 182. It was a music video called feeling this. Stop. No. Okay. I'm fangirling over here. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, you're like the dance, it's like a quick shot. I mean, there was like 20 of us girls in the video, right? Um, but really, really cool experience. I actually auditioned for the lead and it was me and the other girl who were up for the role and she booked it. I was like, ah, um, but I did that for 18 years. Um, I've danced for JLo, Chris Brown, the Pussycat Dolls, Avril Lavigne, Carmen Electra, um Erica Jane from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills she's my favorite yeah oh my Um, gosh have you ever been like starstruck like oh my gosh I can't believe this person's right here so in my later days as a dancer I transitioned to choreography and um we choreographed my husband and I choreographed some episodes for Fuller House and for Will and Grace. And I have to say that being on set with the cast of Full House, considering I watched them growing up, was yeah. insane. Like, I, and you have to act normal. Like, you can't be like, right. oh my God, can I get a picture? Like, so nice. You're right. really cool. So we right. had to teach them how to dance on set and just like, completely <laughs> like completely growing yeah I would have totally see I am one of those like I can't keep my cool I would have been like can I get a how rude like can I, like I right would have lost yeah it. absolutely internally yeah absolutely now COVID brought a lot of that to a screeching halt as it did the rest of the world what did you find life looking like for yourself during the shutdown well, that was 
probably the hardest year of the 39 years of my life. Um, I had just given birth to my son and I was dealing with really horrible postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, And then COVID happened. And at first I was happy because now not only was I, I wasn't trapped alone because when I became a mom, uh, it was hard for me to let go of like my free life that I had had as a dancer, just to be able to do what I want when I want, you know, I couldn't do that anymore. So when COVID first happened, I was like, oh, no one can go anywhere. I am not alone. But a couple months of that, and I was just losing my mind being at home and not having anything to like put my mind, anything Mm -hmm. else to put my mind on. So that was definitely a horrible 2020 almost killed me. That, that was especially for, I, well, I mean, for everybody, it it was, it was difficult for everybody to just be kind of locked in, cooped in, especially with, at least for me to be locked in with other people with different, different Mm. things kind of um but I feel like for creative people people who make things do things you know especially you as a choreographer a dancer it's like where do I put that creative energy now um it's like you know what do I put this into um when did you know you know you you mentioned that you struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety when or how did you realize that something wasn't quite right Well, three days after I had my son, I knew something was fucked up. I went to dinner with my husband and like I was in tears and all of a sudden I had like this debilitating anxiety and I just spent most of my time from that day on feeling like I had made the biggest mistake of my life and there was nothing I could do about it. Like, you know, you make a mistake and and that anxiety you feel. um, Yes. And it was like, well, this is forever now. Like I can't go back so I knew pretty early on that like okay this is and I never dealt with anxiety before no anxiety no depression my life yeah wow yeah so it was it was pretty like you could tell the red flags were were going off you you just knew oh yeah oh yeah okay I mean you know they they have you fill out like a little survey at the doctor Like it's like a postpartum survey. It's like six questions. It's so dumb. Um, Nobody really talks about it. Nobody knows what to do about it. Even my midwives were like, oh, Claude, you just need to grow up. And I was like, what? It's a little bit more than I just need to fucking grow up. Like I want to kill myself. Like I was suicidal for almost a year. Like this is not just I need to grow up. This you is got like, to, yeah. When it's a me- like, I feel like people don't take postpartum seriously mm-hmm. a fucking enough. It's it's even when they even when you come to a doctor screaming for help, they just kind of look at you like, "Well, write it out." like it'll pass like I don't know what to tell you maybe here's a little pill or here like talk to somebody and it's like what the hell is that gonna do for me like 
I, I, you know, I want to off myself. I want, some people want to off their child. Some people want to, you know, it, it's, and it's not necessarily that there's something wrong with this person. It's that there's something wrong. It, it's, I, I don't know how to word this. So bear with me here, audience. And, and, you know, it's not that there's something wrong with the person. There's something wrong with what's going on with everything in their body. There's these hormones just surging and fluctuating and there's, you know, everything's going back to where, what it was pre baby. And, you know, everything's just fucked up all at once. And you're just expecting them to ride it out. Like how long? How am I supposed to do this and take care of this child and take care of my home and take care of my career or the global shutdown? What am I supposed to do? And it's, yeah, it's not taken seriously enough. And like, I found the answers, you know, two and a half years after my son was born or two years, but nobody, nobody thinks that like, nutrition, what you're putting in your body has a huge effect on, you know, your mental health. And there is a gut brain connection. And what happens is you start to feel the anxiety, the depression. And so then you eat your way for, you eat your way into comfort. You eat comforting foods. You know, I was drinking wine every night at dinner because it was like the only moments I found some kind of peace, but that just made my stuff way worse. It made yes. my mental health where it threw my hormones way more out of whack. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's 10 months after having my son and I've been healthy oh. my whole life. So wow. yeah. And the fact that nobody knew to just tell me, Hey, what are you eating? Hey, stay out of, stay away from alcohol right now. Take care of your body, eat whole foods. Don't stop exercising. Nobody fucking said that. Everybody would say, oh, you're a new mom. Have that glass of wine. Oh, you know, you're a new mom. It's okay that you're 35 pounds overweight. Come on, you just had a baby. Yeah, a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everybody just wanted to enable you at the time. And it's like, push me to do better. Push me to be better. Yeah, and it's not their fault. They were, they just did what they thought was helpful, but that's why I'm trying to change the conversation of like, this is when if you really want to help your loved ones, you got to look at them in the face and be like, this is what you need to fucking do. And they may be very angry at you, but like lead them down the right way. Yes. 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 And that was actually one of my next questions was how your physical health played a role in your mental health during that time. Um, And I mean, we did kind of answer that. Um, Being the badass that you are, there's no way you took any of this sitting down. Um, What was your plan of attack and how did you start your healing journey? So for a year, I did just give up. I mean, I was so mentally like, whatever that I didn't care about me. I didn't wash my face. I didn't like brush my teeth for days. I just did not care. I was just trying to get through every day without killing myself. Um, and just trying to be there for my son, because it's not his fault that I'm going through this. So I was trying to not put it on him and the people around me, but I, 
a year, I mean, probably like six months in, finally, you know, we realized COVID was not just like a three week stint. It was like, it was here. It was here. And I was like, I need to find something to do. I need something to do. What can I do from home? Mm-hmm. And I just kept asking every day. I kept asking God and praying and being like, what can I do? And December 28th of 2020, direct sales fell into my lap. And I started waking up every day with a purpose. So before, you know, a lot of people say women are born with a purpose, the purpose of having children. And let me just tell you, not every fucking woman's purpose is to bear children and be a mom. Thank you. And that was just not enough for me. I could not be a stay-at-home mom and just take care of my son all day. No, ma'am. So I had purpose now in getting up, washing my face, going live on Instagram. I connected with women by sharing my postpartum story. And what's really interesting is like, I didn't realize how taboo it was. I didn't realize that so many women felt shame and and suffered in silence. And they're like, oh, some women were like, you better be careful what you're talking about. Your son will see this. And I was like, oh, good job. Let's make women shut their feelings down again so that we can make everyone else comfortable. No, this is what's happening. Yes. And um, from that moment on with that purpose of waking up and helping other women just through skincare and makeup, I started to feel so much better. And then I was like, hey, I want to, I still couldn't lose weight. So I was waking up, I was eating what I thought I should be eating, um, eating my macros and going to the gym and literally not a single pound would budge. So I started to think something's not right. So I took my health into my own hands at that point and started looking for answers. First doctor told me to get on meds and I was like, I'm not getting on meds. I tried it for five days and felt like absolute balls and, and threw it, threw it away, found one nutritionist who helped me a little bit. And then three months later, I found the woman who saved my life, Rachel Shear. And she looked at my stool, first person to look at my gut and my stool. And she was like, we got some shit to fix. Literally, literally, <laughs> literally in like five months, she had reversed my Hashimoto's. I had lost 30 pounds, like, and what? then I was like, wait, I can't keep this gold to myself. I have to now help other women like this because so many people are suffering the same way I was. She certified me in functional nutrition, helped me put together a course. Like it's just been upward. You know, I always say like your pain is your biggest gift and yes, postpartum depression and anxiety and, and suicidal ideation was my biggest gift because it propelled me to a place I never knew I could go. Wow. That is incredible. Thank you. That is insane that I, I am so beyond happy that I stumbled across your profile because it is so much deeper than like, of course, everybody loves the story of like, wow, this girl like has danced with rock stars and all that. But like, it is so much deeper. The fact that like, you are so relatable to so many women like real life shit like 
Yeah. Like you said, women have been shamed into thinking like they can't talk about postpartum. They can't talk about the fact that I just had this baby and everyone's like, oh, you have this beautiful gift and you, you know, you've fulfilled this purpose in life and you should just be happy. And they're inside just screaming like, no, I just, I, I can't even function. Like, I don't even want to be here anymore. And you can relate. And that this is just, this is something that I feel like my audience is going to just appreciate so much. I have had so many women come to me and just say, you know, Hey, Cubana, like I am struggling. I am suffering or like, I, I can't lose the weight. I can't, or I have this diagnosis, this autoimmune thing. And thank you. Thank you yeah. for being so open about your struggles and, and all these, these things that you have come across that can help just ordinary women where it's not going to be like, I have to spend thousands of doctors dollars and travel to doctors overseas and do all these, you know, things. It's, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, what was the most difficult hurdle to overcome out of all of them? The most difficult hurdle, like, you mean like my postpartum hurdles or postpartum the the Hashimoto's the leaving the the dance career behind like what would you say has been the the most difficult part of your journey well when I started direct sales I loved it so fucking much I never wanted to go back to the dance industry like I said bye and I was like you know I loved being a dancer, but I always felt like I had a bigger purpose and I really searched to fill that, but I had never really experienced any, like any real devastation. Like I had never gone through like anything really hard. Um, I needed that in order to like connect with people on a deeper level. So once I started direct sales and working from home and like making a really good living. I was like, bye dance world and never look back. Um, so that was easy. Okay. Um, I think accepting that my body, like I've always had control over my body. I'm a dancer. I've always been healthy. I've always been able to get in shape or, and I couldn't. And not only had I lost control of like my mind, now my body too. And that was really hard for me. It's still hard for me. Um, accepting that, you know, I have to eat a certain way and I don't, I, I don't have the freedom to just eat whatever I want. Um, and that my body is essentially like attacking itself. Um, I have reversed it and I manage it, but I think that part sucks. Just knowing that I have a, a disease, you know, for sure. For sure. Knowing what you know about postpartum anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, would you consider another or more biological children? Never. 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 I will never, ever, ever have another child. Um, One and done. Uh, Obviously, like I'm 41. I think maybe had I been younger, maybe I would have another one. I've thought about adoption because I do want Nova to have like a buddy, but no, ma'am. Uh, I loved being pregnant, but, but the, the newborn and no, 
no girl I don't blame you I don't blame you and second of all like I I don't upload the the video portion of the podcast but for those of you who who have not seen her for, girl 41 where like I just want to <laughs> say 41 where like no absolutely oh my God, not. I love you thank you for sure, for sure just saying um <laughs> I one thing that you have mentioned before, and I, I've not on on this episode yet, but I just want to ask, what does suffocate your bullshit mean, and why is it so necessary? One of the things that really pains me as a human being is that we all, we all, okay. When I say we all, every single human being on this planet Earth suffers, struggles. Um, deals with childhood trauma, goes through bullshit. Now there are different levels, okay? But we all struggle. And it's important as an adult to look at your struggles and your suffering and what you've gone through as a child and, and anything that's holding you back. It's important for you to see that now as bullshit, not things that define who you are, not things that get to hold you back. Things like, oh, you know, I was never really given the confidence as a child. Oh, my parents physically abused me when I was little. I was, you know, sexually assaulted. Those things are awful, but yes. they don't get to control who you are as an adult. And I think too many people use those things as a crutch. They, they're hold down, they're held down by chains. Yeah. And in order to tell forward, you have to say, cool, that happened. It's not my fault. But it is my responsibility to confront it, to heal it, to, and to just be like, to, who are you going to create today forward? Like, let that shit go. Yes. Let it go. We all suffer. You're not special. And the minute you realize I'm not special for having gone through what I went through, I'm like everybody else. Okay, now you can start creating that new human being that's not being controlled by past experiences or your parents or whoever hurt you or whatever you've been through. I love it. I absolutely love that concept. Thank you. Suffocate your bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What is the number one thing all women need to remember? that you're fucking powerful. Okay. We have what I like to call the power of the vagina. And what I like to say is, obviously I'm not talking about gay men. Okay. Obviously, but men literally live their lives and woman is the prize. We are the ultimate prize. So next time you feel like you can't commit to a fucking workout, next time you feel like you can't commit to eating a certain way and say no to alcohol, please look down between your legs and remember that you have a vagina and that makes you very, very, very powerful. It makes you capable. And if you've given birth, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can't do after that. That part. Do not, do not forget how beautiful you are like women have the power to transform hate into love but you really have to believe that you are that powerful men can't do that they and sure can. we're the ultimate prize 
I get a lot of backlash for saying that on my social media, but guys don't want money for each other. They don't want the nice cars in the house and the good jobs just to have it. They do it to impress us. So take back your motherfucking power and realize just how beautiful, how capable, how loving and powerful you are. Yes. Okay. He is over here speaking truth, y'all. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. Now, do you have any last minute tips, advice, anything for our audience members? I would just say if you are going through postpartum, you know, or if you fear it, just remember it's one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. Keep the body moving. And if you can keep the body moving, your mind will eventually catch up. You want to get outside. You want to go on walks. You want to stay working out once the doctor clears you. You want to talk about it. Find someone who will listen to you. Um, and eat whole one ingredient foods. Remove inflammatory foods from your diet ASAP. And please don't drink any alcohol. And that is my biggest advice for women who could be or are going through postpartum depression or anxiety. Yes. yes. Well said. Very well said. Where can my audience find more of you and follow follow any of your work? Okay. Instagram at glow up with Claude. You can okay. also follow me on TikTok. It's at glowed up with Claude. So like the past tense of glow. Um, those are like my two biggest platforms. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And for anybody who's not sure of any spelling or not sure if they heard anything right, I will drop those in the description box below. So no worries there. Claude, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you drop by the lounge. And for our audience members, as you know, I love y'all fiercely. Thank you for having me.